This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. You know, we are the product of like all of this energy and we now have to make conscious decisions to heal it. Yeah. Welcome to the Spirit Underground podcast with Dharma teachers, Spring Washam and Lama Rod Owens. These conversations will include topics on Black Liberation Theology, Healing with Plant-Based Medicine, Indigenous Wisdom, Buddhist-Based Meditation Practices, and Reconnecting to Our Ancestral Knowledge. Together we will explore what freedom means individually, collectively, and spiritually. If you would like to support the Spirit Underground Podcast, please visit the BeHereNowNetwork.com slash donate. So hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spirit Underground podcast with myself, Spring Washam and Lama Rod Owens. And yay, yay. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you today, brother, about yeah. a big, powerful topic that many people are exploring right now. Mm-hmm. Ancestors, ancestor world. And yeah. um, I'm excited to talk to you because both of, both of us talk about this so much. Mm-hmm. and. Um, Maybe we'll just start with just um, describing a little bit more when we talk about ancestor work mm-hmm. and collaborating with mm-hmm. our ancestors. What are we What are we talking yeah. about here? Yeah. Well, you know, for me, um, I grew up with, you know, an an appreciation of ancestors, but I I didn't grow up with a practice of working with ancestors. Like we just, we just always talked about (laughs) the ancestors, like, (laughs) you know, and that kind of reverence and that kind of respect, you know, like, oh, the ancestors, our ancestors, this is what they did. But I don't think we, or at least I didn't necessarily have this feeling that the ancestors were still with me. They felt like an experience from the past. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Um, but still respected and revered, and and and, and so forth, and taken seriously. You know, mm-hmm. um, I really didn't start working with ancestors until I mean, I would say pretty recently, um, probably in my late thirties. So maybe the past seven years or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was really influenced by 
friends who were practicing, you know, African Caribbean traditions and paths, right? And they would actually link to my ancestors to pass messages to me. (laughs) Right, right. Like mediumship in a way. Yeah, yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I would get texts from friends who were like, oh, you know, (laughs) I was in practice this morning and some of your ancestors came and wanted me to pass this message on to you. And that kept happening. Right. And then I said, well, why can't I talk to my ancestors directly, (laughs) you know, instead of like having messages go through other practitioners. Right. And so that began, you know, kind of my engagement. And of course, I didn't know really anything about this, you know, but I had this intuitive feeling that I should just start talking to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and that's where it began. You know, it just, it was kind of like this faith, this, what we would call it a trust fall. It's like, I'm just going to fall into this and see what happens. You know? Right. Um, And I started setting up these kinds of situations. Well, I didn't set them up. I just found myself in situations where I would say, you know what? I think I'm going to rely on the ancestors to help me manage this situation I found myself in right now. And that's really what began to build, you know, Mm -hmm. this practice. And then over time, you just learn how to listen, you know. Um, But as to, you know, what the ancestors are, you know, these, for me, (sighs) over these years, I think I've moved really quickly, Right, you know, to a point where I'm, you know, I really know who my ancestors are. I can speak really clearly and directly with them. I feel them, you know, with me. I can name some of them. I can link, you know, to to their consciousness, you know, and get, you know, messages and insights into their lives, mm-hmm. you know. Uh-huh. Um. I can feel them moving with me. I can feel them helping me make decisions. I can feel them removing obstacles. I can feel them opening up paths for me to move through. Um, and I can also feel when they disagree with me. When they, when they don't. <laughs> when they a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole level. You know, but, you know, ancestors aren't deities. They're not these awakened beings. They're They're... There are people whom we have descended from, you know, maybe physically, biologically, but it's ancestry is more than just like familial bloodlines. It's also spiritual, you know, lineages. It's also about communities that we identify with, we that become our ancestors, right? You know, right, right. And these are beings who reside in another plane of existence. And that plane is very close to this material plane that we exist in, you know. And so they're able to touch into this world through various ways. But they are energy. They're intelligent energies, you know, spirits, you know, maybe, um, who in many ways have chosen to ally, align themselves um, with us you know, as, as support, as allies, you know, um, that's the general understanding 
I think of yeah. ancestry, you know, from and my I perspective. Think, yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting is that when we when we grow up in the Western culture, we're not taught that we're part of a living lineage, right? Yeah. It's like you're the individual, you show up alone. You might know who your grandmother was or your grandfather if you're lucky. But we're talking about great, 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 great grandfathers and great, great grandmothers, right? This is like our lineage is so mm, profound and long. And I think I was thinking about how much passion there is in the wider culture right now. You know, everybody's doing their DNA. Everybody wants Mm -hmm. to know where they're from. This is part of it. Who are my people? Where did my people live? Where did they die? Right. And And who were they? I think this is part of the ancestor world trying to connect more to us and us trying to connect to them by knowing who they are. Like you say, you started your practice with, I'm going to just start talking to them, right? We like open a communication line, but I think people are discovering that through their DNA. Wow. My people are from Nigeria. Oh, okay. Right. Right? We start going, Oh, let me talk to them in this way or let me know them. We become familiar we start to familiarize ourselves with who these right. people yeah. uh, were and what kind of lives did they lead? What were their practices? Where did they come from? Were they oppressed? Were yeah. they, you know, liberated? Um, right. And we start to just get a better understanding that there's something important here in this investigation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when did you start? really taking the practice of ancestors or ancestor work seriously? Well, I think, you know, just as we, as you and I have been talking about for years, this world of working with plant medicine, it opens these gates up to the spirit Mm -hmm. world. It opens a portal. I mean, this is all of this portal is open all the time, but we don't see it. Mm -hmm. So as I would do ceremony work, um, I would open up more to just the spirit world. And over the last couple of years in particular, while working with Harriet Tubman and my writing process with my new book, um, this world became much more alive, you know, because I think this is an important point, you know, because I always felt like my grandparents, um, there was a lot of uh, negativity and suffering and oppression. So in some way we cut ourselves off from the lineage. I don't, I'm not connected to those people. My grandfather was a demon, you know, so we closed the door. And I I think I had done that. Um, But now when I started doing this deeper work uh, in ceremony, I saw, no, you got to go farther out. Mm -hmm. You know, we go Mm -hmm. way back. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel this connection there to the ancestor world and learning more, just growing in experience and being a spiritual practitioner and being shamanic and yeah. um, in ritual and ceremony, opening these portals yeah. um, of communication. Yeah. 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 So I, I've been learning a lot, as, as you know, in the last couple of years. Oh, just, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this, everybody seems like they're growing. Everybody seems to be interested in ancestor work, ancestor yeah. You know, communication, but yeah. but how and why is it important? Mm-hmm. I think some of those are the questions. How do you do it, and why? Mm-hmm. How does this help us? Is just yeah. just you know, what do we gain from that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you like raise a really important point that keeps people out of engaging in ancestor work, which is like how you know our shame or our hesitation to deal you know, and to open up to the violence 
of our ancestors, right? And so when I'm working with people, you know, um, you know, I have this capacity now to like sense people's ancestors, you know, like I can talk to people's ancestors mm-hmm. or rather they come and talk to me, you know, just in the same way my friends years ago would like connect to my ancestors to give me messages. I've become that person, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where other people's ancestors come to me. And even um, in ceremony, working with plant medicine, you know, working with Aya, you know, that's an ability that's even heightened even more where I can just kind of see, you know, where people are coming from and who they're, you know, being touched by, you know, but, you know, working with people, you know, I would say in general, there are two obstacles, I think. Um, And one obstacle that I see particularly with white folks is that like, oh, my ancestors were, you know, you know, racist. They were white Mm -hmm. supremacists. They were, you know, colonialists, they were settlers, you know, they did X, Y, and Z, particularly here in the South. You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of people were like, oh, you know, I can't deal with my ancestors, they own slaves, blah, 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 you know, and so forth and so on. So they put this mental barrier barrier up, right, that says, you know what, my life will be better, you know, if I don't have to deal with this. But the reality is that, like, we can't actually experience true liberation until we remove that barrier, dissolve that barrier, and start actually reconciling mm-hmm. with ancestors. I'm not saying that, like, we're going to reconcile with all of our ancestors, but there are ancestors who recognize who they were and what they did in their in their life, right? And they yes. want to change, and they want to ally with us, right, to continue that change. Like, they see the errors, you know, they so they see the violence and now they want to correct that and they want to work with you and through you to do that. So if we have these barriers up, we don't allow that change to happen. You know, Absolutely. Because this is on the level of like our DNA. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is our karma. Yeah. You know, not yeah. to we we just we get more than hair and eye color. Yeah. We get whole programs. Yes. We get whole ideas. We get cultural beliefs. We get everything from those that have came before us. And it's up to us to learn what we want to adopt or what we need to forgive. Yeah. So I think this is a big thing. That obstacle that you were talking about is that it feels like for us to move forward, like what you were saying, is that we have to do some work on behalf of our family tree. Yeah. Right. The, we yeah. are the, the this new generation mm-hmm. has to heal what has happened and, and make right what was wrong. You mm-hmm. know, we have to make things right. And, and that is some of the work that we don't always understand yeah. that we have yeah. to do. We just think it's just my problem. I'm the one yeah. that has this uh, hang up or depression yeah. or pattern or force of destructive habit in my life. Yeah. We don't always realize, hey, this is also my mother's pattern, my grandmother's pattern, my great grand, you know, where we understand it, but we don't know always what to do with it, that, you know, we are the product of like all of this energy and we now have to make conscious decisions to heal it. Yeah. Well, we have to take responsibility for it. And I know that's a hard word for people to hear, you know, but we have to take responsibility. If we don't take responsibility, we won't be able to do the healing work, you know, that we, you know, we would call it ancestral healing. Yes. Like we won't be able to engage in that because if we can really engage in ancestral history, we actually begin to free our descendants, you know, from these patterns, these harmful patterns, right? Yes, and, yes. and for me, you know, in my ancestry, it's been this transference of trans trauma 
I've had mm-hmm. to break, right? And you've seen me break it. Yes. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. seen me move through these stages of purifying, channeling, getting like all this trauma out, you know, yes. um, of my ancestry. And it's been brutal, you know, and that's, and that's the consequence. I chose this work because I want my descendants to be free, but I also want my ancestors to be free, you know, in the same way I had ancestors who did incredible labor to make mm-hmm. sure that I didn't have to suffer in certain ways, you know? And so that's part of our responsibility as well, you know? But then the other piece, the other obstacle that people really struggle with is, you know, how do I even start? Yes. Where do I yeah. even start? Well, I think people yeah. are starting with this whole DNA, this yeah, obsession absolutely. with DNA. Everybody yeah. on, you know, DNA.com or mm-hmm. FamilyTree.com and everyone's yeah. trying to, they, they feel that something's important about it. So I, when people ask me, what do you think? Because I always tell them to, it's important for us to know where our people were from, where yeah. it was their land, because that's when we talk about ancestors yeah. or something very connected to the land. Yes. You know, where were our people at for hundreds of years? Where do they mm-hmm. live? If they're in the South, if there's multiple mm-hmm. generations, there's a connection there to them. If they lived in, you know, Nigeria or they lived in Spain or they're from England, there is something about journeying to that place or yeah. at least in, internally journeying. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. able to go there physically, we start to connect to where, where, where our people live, the languages they spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to understand the culture to understand ourselves. I mean, I tell people too, this isn't just fantasy imagination. Mm-hmm. This is this is real energy here. Exactly. And we're looking at transmuting negative energy and then embracing the gifts of the ancestors, right? And how they could help. But this is hard work. And where would you tell somebody said, mm-hmm. oh my God, I have all this suffering in my family. Mm-hmm. We know we need to do this work, but it's right. so daunting because it's so deep, right? I mean, this yeah. is like, ooh, it's at the core. Um, and it's overwhelming to think of beginning. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I think that's what inspired me to kind of create um, the practice um, of the seven homecomings, you know, mm. that I talk about in my um, last book, Love and Rage. You know, and part of the seven homecomings is actually based upon taking refuge, you know, the refuge practice in Buddhism, but it, it extends the fields of refuge. And so one of those fields of refuge that we ask for support from is that of our ancestors and lineage, right? You know, so I tell people just to start like opening mm-hmm. and asking, you know, who's around me, right? And then learning to pay attention to how ancestors are speaking to Mm -hmm. you and that can happen in many ways through dreams through visions um through feelings um perceptions it can happen through just things happening you know in the space around us you know like often sometimes my ancestors will speak through you know, the lights, like they'll flicker lights because when presence comes, you know, when conscious Mm -hmm. presence is in the space, they draw on electromagnetic energy, you know? And so the quickest way to feel that is either through like lights blinking or you can actually feel energy. You can like, when you get goosebumps, 
know, Absolutely. That's, that's a sign. Like there's like intelligent spirit energy um, in the space. So you can pay attention. You know, I have had, you know, like, of course there's ancestor work and then there's mediumship work too. Right. And sometimes they kind of blend together, but in more the mediumship side of what I can experience is that like, you know, I've, I've worked with, you know, spirits who like to speak through the phone. Like they'll mm-hmm. just like, they'll like my phone will just start picking up messages, you know, it's, it's you know, and, <laughs> random and text see, messages. <laughs> yeah. Like or I'll be typing something and all of a sudden, like they can possess my hands. Well, it's, it's just consensual. So like I can sometimes consent, yes. you know, or sometimes I consent rather to like them possessing my hands so they, they can type out a message to me. And that's another way mm, I yes. don't want the ancestors to work, you know, with me. But, you know, the easiest way is just to work with the medium <laughs> as well. Like the quick, right. the quick way is just to sit with someone who has that intuition and those abilities. Um, my first experience with ancestors came when I was like 20 or 21. I sat with a medium. Mm. You know, I went to see a medium, not specifically to see a medium, but I went to a magic store and a crystal store and it happened to be a medium, you know, in residence, you know, at that right. store. So I set up a session and then she was, you know, she was like, your grandfather is with you. You know, my grandfather, James Moses Holiday, he was a minister, you know, because I come from a line of ministers. You know, he was like, he's with you, you know, like... You know, initially she said, oh, Moses is with you. I was like, oh, I'm not like Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) But then I remember, oh, that's, you know, that was my grandfather's middle name, Moses. Oh, wow. You know, and then from there, I just started, it just felt very natural. I just felt like he was just with me. And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't something I thought about often. I just said, oh, okay, my grandfather's with me. And that was as far as I took, like, ancestor practice until, you know, my late 30s, you know, wow. when everything just started opening up. Um, so these are some of the ways, right? Of course, right. if you get around me, you know, like, if your ancestors really need you to know something, they're going to, like, hijack me, you know, and crowd me out. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they want to they connect, right? And yeah. this is the thing. And we, I guess, and, and part of this conversation is to normalize this. Yeah. is to create a dialogue yeah. around this. People don't have to be afraid. You know, people yeah. get like, is this the devil or is this something to be scared yeah. of? Is this the deluded mind? Am I making yeah. it up? Then um, we don't have to be afraid of this. Like the spirit world, our ancestors, our people, they're around us. We know that. They live in us. Yeah. You know, their energy is connected to our energy. Yeah. And so we don't yeah. have to be, I guess I want to normalize this kind of conversation mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Um because I feel as if people may not be accessing their full power right. and their full embodiment, yeah. right? When we start moving these, doing that forgiveness work, right? Yeah. You're lucky on one level because I guess maybe luck isn't the right word, but you come from a line of ministers and preachers yeah. and teachers, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so beautiful. And you are who mm-hmm. you are today. You knew it was almost mm-hmm. like you were born right in that lineage. Okay. And healers too. Yeah. Healers. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll never know that until you like open up and start getting these stories, you know, because that's, what's important is once we have this information, we know about who we are more, 
yeah. beyond the the ancestors that might have been really suffering and and doing mm-hmm. terrible things. There's all these ancestors that were really different than that. Yeah, I had the same experience. I went to um, an African divinator uh, mm-hmm. who channels the the shells through the uh, Burkina Faso. And I love getting readings from him. I think I've talked about, I, I yeah. get readings like every few months, you know, I'll be like, what are the ancestors saying? I want to tune in to see if he's getting what I'm getting. But he would always say, okay, you have to go way back here and your grandfathers and grandmothers are just so alive in you, mm-hmm. you know, these mystics and, mm-hmm. um, and yes, there's wounding in your recent, you know, with your recent ancestors, but it's because mm-hmm. You know, there was reasons for that. And we begin to kind of put together um, this narrative that, you know, there's there's reasons that we are who we are. There's a there's something important about understanding that that piece. Yeah. And also I wanted to bring up to see what you thought of this is, is I was thinking about my Angelou, mm-hmm. who um, is also, you know, her father, if we do a little bit of research, like her father wasn't in her life. He was kind of a destructive person. But she always said, you know, I stand as one, but I, I come with 10,000, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Those 10,000 ancestors I, that mm-hmm. she was so connected to that way back in the lineage, you know? And if, I really believe that when we open these doors, it can make us more powerful, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an amplification mm-hmm. when we've done our mm-hmm. healing work and, so just, I guess I wanted to see about like the magic because people can yeah. get scared of the work, but the yeah. work is on behalf of something bigger. Now we're yeah. fully moving in our lives mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Well, I think it's you know, also related to, you know, colonialism, right? Um, and the ways in which colonialism disrupts our connection to something bigger. You know, it, it, it attempts to isolate us and disconnect us from history, from language, from an ancestry, because that weakens us. Like it makes our capacity to to be free, you know, and to choose freedom, it makes it less likely for us to do that. And so I think for many of us, particularly of African descent or, you know, of enslaved um, descent um, or descent having been, dis- you know, with those of us who are descended from enslaved people, you know, I think there can be some hesitancy, right? You know, because the Christianity that our ancestors were forced to adopt had this, this thread of kind of an anti-magic, anti-ancestry, you know, anti-freedom, you know, mm-hmm. flavor that's still really deeply embodied in many of our communities, right? So embodied that I think that, like, it, there's a kind of unconscious... Um, expression of magic happening that people have learned not to name, you know, in a way to stay safe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I grew up doing stuff in church where I thought, well, I don't think this is like Christianity. (laughs) (laughs) You're always on the edge of, you know, you're such a mystic. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was like, I could feel this stuff. And I was like really afraid. Like this is like... I felt like, oh, there has to be much more precaution, you know, when you're like in church working with demons and all this stuff. And you're just like, I just think there needs to be more, you know, boundaries set up. <laughs> like, I just felt that intuitively, right? Like as a young person. Um, but I think for many of us, you know, 
you know, we have to kind of break through this idea that like our ancestral magic is somehow evil. Yeah, you know? satanic even. Satanic, right? right. You know, and we have to kind of get more fluid and more expansive, right? Yes. You know, um, because if we don't reconnect to the totality of who we are as expressed through our ancestors, like we won't ever see the kind of freedom that we need to see. You know, and I see a lot, of, a lot of Black folks like organizing and doing this incredible work in community, but it's it's a partial fragmented kind of work because it doesn't take into account the ways in which the unseen world and particularly our ancestors are trying to collaborate with us, you know. And again, our ancestors aren't necessarily enlightened, but they have a, a bigger view. Yes, they have the the macro level of seeing, having lived and then crossed over and lived back with some kind of wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so like if we can't connect to that wisdom, then we will always be limited. You know, exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, Rod, I was thinking about this idea of like part of the brutality of the colonization process is to sever you from your people, your language, your culture, Mm -hmm. and to break that ancestral line. Mm -hmm. You don't even know your language anymore. The the language your people spoke, you don't even know your homeland, right? You're in this new place. You're in this other place. You're supposed to adopt a new name, a new identity, and an entirely different consciousness. Yeah. And there's a, I, I really think that that is also what decimated also Native American communities are cut yeah. off from their ancestors, are forced to speak other languages, they move from their homeland. So this brutality of colonization is really goes deep. You know, when we're, we're severed from that, it's almost like we're severed from who we are, really are at the core. We're severed from our magic and our power. Yeah. We can adapt because we're resilient. But you're right. Unless those pieces come fully back together, it feels mm-hmm. like we can't access this this real power that mm-hmm. we see when people do that deep work. Like Maya mm-hmm. did that deep work, moving back to Africa, discovering who, who they were. There was tremendous wholeness in that, right? Coming back with a force of, I know where I come from and mm-hmm. I stand in that. Mm-hmm. You know, you see mm-hmm. these icon uh, people that they're, and yeah, yes, they are who they are, but they're they're demonstrating something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, my you know, in in this moment, you know, physically, what I'm experiencing is a lot of energy moving to my body, and for me, that's the sign that like my ancestral guides are like really into this. <laughs> you know, they're like, <laughs> what does they're, it like, feel really like? Excited. It just feels like energy moving to my body, like goosebumps. It's like waves of like chill. Mm-hmm. You know, as well, you know, it's, and it's like, it feels like very, like, it's very dynamic, very, like, lively energy, mm-hmm. you know, happening, right? And these are some of the signs that you learn to notice when you're doing something that's really in line with the the wants and needs and aspirations of your ancestors. You can feel that alignment, physically Mm -hmm. you know um like when i watch certain movies like i'll watch these old old movies (laughs) you know (laughs) these old black movies like i remember watching cabin in the sky which is with this old like Mm -hmm. ethel waters and um and, and you know a lot of like really black 
you know, well-known folks from like, I guess it was forties, fifties. Like I remember watching that a couple of years ago for the first time after many years. And I just felt like sparks around me. Like I could yeah. feel like sparks. And I was like, Oh, some of you are happy. Because <laughs> like, these right. are people like exactly. they're people who are still attached to the sense of self and identity. Like, and of course they're going to still enjoy and appreciate the things that they love in their life. And so that's one of the ways, and that's some, this is the conversation we can get into. It's like, how do you take care of this relationship? How do you mm-hmm. honor this relationship? You know? And one of the things that I like to do is just like, you know, just watch these old movies and listen to the music that my ancestors enjoy. It's not that like this is a labor because I love this too, you know, but they really, really appreciate me remembering, you know, and consuming this media that was like really important for them, you know, but like the, the, the ways that we take care of this bond with relation with, with our ancestors is quite extensive, you know, and many traditions, you know, that we've been exposed to have all these different prescriptions you know, um, around ancestor work and taking care of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, this I think, is a you know, big piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I would just say first, it's like, it's prayers. It's remembering. Mm-hmm. You know, when I do something, you know, now it's my habit, you know, when I'm doing public talks is to honor my ancestors and the ancestors of everyone else in the space and as well as the, the indigenous you know, um, um, ancestors in the space and the land acknowledgement and so forth, right? You know, just to acknowledge that, like, we are, we're, we're, we're being held right now by a lot of beings, and we just want to recognize that. And that's a really important practice. You know, yes, and people to- are doing that more now when they're yeah. saying where they're from. They're honoring yeah. the, 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 the tribe, the, the people that lived yeah. there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm on this land, I'm on that land. It's a, a way that we, even that is a powerful movement. People saying not the city, the modern city, it's not yeah. Oakland. It's, right. you know, this, it's this, you know, we name the tribes that have lived here in the communities. And that feels really important too. So people are moving into understanding this unseen world is still very much here mm-hmm. and honoring. Yeah. What else do you do to do? You're remembering, and that's the key to remember who these people are, not to be afraid. Yeah, yeah. The fear is a big mm-hmm. with communities. We get afraid yes. of we get afraid of that word mediumship. Somebody might get mm-hmm. afraid when they heard, you know, you talking about your writing, and they're like, "Is mm-hmm. that Satan on there? Is that Mara? You know, who's mm-hmm. who's possessed?" Mm-hmm. And we have to be like, we can choose everybody. Mm-hmm. We can choose, yeah. you know. You know, and we're not necessarily powerless. Like, we have a lot of agency to set boundaries. You know, like, I have a dear friend who has this boundary with her ancestors where she's like, you can't come to me and like when I'm awake in the world. Like, you just can't appear to me. But you can come, yeah. you can come to me in dreams, mm-hmm. you know, which is a okay. different space for her to hold. So you can set those boundaries. Like, you know... I can say, you know what, I am not, you know, going to be channeling or, or channeling or speaking to any anyone. Right, because of boundaries. Time, mm-hmm. You know, or like when I go to sleep, you know, sometimes I'm like, I can feel presence in the space. I'm like, okay, everyone move. Everyone go somewhere else, you know? 
<laughs> I need a rest yeah. right now. I'm not going to be yeah. entertaining you in my sleep body yeah. dream state. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Like it's totally okay to do that. You know? So that's another way I honor That's exactly how I honor my ancestors is by recognizing that we're sharing space, you know, and saying that like, I, there are times where I can't be, you know, in, in connection with you. So I want you to honor that. And that's a recognition that they're actually present which yes. I think is really important. You know, I, I can just ignore, you know, but like to recognize that there are presence, there are people, beings around you and that you need to set boundaries is a recognition that they're there. And yes. that actually is quite healing and liberating. Yes. Yeah. Cause then we, we have control in some ways, you know, yeah. we have, we have boundaries and just like we would with any human being that we're like, we're ready for you to go home now. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> right. It's, it's the know. same type. It's just in a different, it's a light body. It's a different energy, but also, you know, music is a way yeah, I yeah. started to really connect. And I know you yeah. as such a big lover, oh, yeah. just like incredible gospel music. That's how mm-hmm. I began to really connect not only to Harriet Tubman, but mm-hmm. all these historical figures that are, you know, are, we could say our great ancestors. Yeah. Um, and through the music, I found, you know, God, music. I mean, you know, in the shamanic world, music is everything. In the plant medicine world, you know, the songs that we're saying uh, by yeah. our people, there's magic still in them. So music, I think everybody feels that, you know, mm-hmm. we listen to old music, we listen to our, the songs of our people and we immediately there's a connection there um so i found that to be really helpful when i was opening up um these channels and and saying hey I, i'm gonna listen to you i'm here um so music i just wanted to bring that up for mm-hmm. folks to mm-hmm. to consider um as a as a way to practice yeah yeah and of course there's traditional practices of ancestor altars yes ancestor um, altars you know, and that's really important. Yeah, I, I, in general, I believe altars function to channel energy into the space, you know, and it becomes, you know, in Buddhist tantric, um, you know, lineage, you know, altars become the home of the energies of the deities mm-hmm. that you want to have in your space, right, you know? So it, so the altar, the ancestor altar becomes a way not only that we honor our ancestors, but we provide a home, a touch point. Mm, yeah, they land there. They that. communicate yeah. there. They eat there, yeah, right? Exactly. They, they touch those objects that we offer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, and then you can offer this where you offer food and water. And, you know, and I think when I'm doing in periods of offering, doing that kind of offering, you know, I just think about, okay, what do they love? Yeah. You know, so I offer like, you know, pound cake and pies and, you know, fried chicken and sweet potatoes and everything, you know, yeah. and you know, and this, I mean, this isn't something I do every day, you know, or even often, but I go through periods where it's like, okay, I'm offering, you know, to you um, and feeling that, that connectivity, right. You know, and over time you develop an advanced kind of magic where mm-hmm. you can start really channeling the mm-hmm. energy of ancestors. Of course, this is consensual, so it's not like you're taking, but you're you've developed a relationship where you can start merging your energy to get things done. 
you know, yeah, big do, things or even small yeah. things, but kind of big things, right? Yeah. We call on our ancestors when, wow, I need them. We need help. One, yeah. you know, like, whoa, this is a big thing that I'm stepping into. Or if there's danger, difficulty, oppression, we can call. And then when we need, when we do need magic. Yeah. Can you help me take this and, you know, do something important with it? Help me fulfill this mission. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be good, you know, and positive. And that's, you know, when you start looking at traditions like hoodoo, mm-hmm. right, which is like the magic system, you know, that is derived from, you know, particularly, you know, our enslaved ancestors, you know, mm-hmm. within this American context. Like that's our, that's like Black American magic, mm-hmm. traditional magic, right? You know, even in, in hoodoo, the ancestors are so important as well as the earth. You know, um, and, you know, you're talking about balancing, you know, and so to bring something in balance doesn't always look really good, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and when you get into ancestor practice, like these are kind of, I would say, the moral dilemmas that some of us have to like really work with, you know, because this is a this is about balancing things. Right. Right. You know, and if someone is harming you, then you work with the ancestors to to disrupt that harm. But maybe disrupting that harm, maybe something harmful has to happen to the person who's sending that harm to you to begin with, right? Oh, you know, so you right. enter you you enter into this complexity. You know, like we've been talking, you know, mostly about this really like great and wonderful. You know, at least I think like this is like this great and wonderful and simple way of relating to the ancestors. But then you cross a line over time where you're right. getting into this space where you're really sometimes you can be really challenged. You know, one of the challenging things besides, you know, um, some of the things I just mentioned, another challenging thing is that like, how do you work with ancestors who actually want to hurt you? Yeah, wrathful in in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always somebody in the family tree who disrupts the tree, right? Yeah. They try to take the tree out, you know, rather it's an abusive person or uh, somebody who comes and born into a family and just kind of decimates it instead of nourishing it with wisdom. We have a lot of people like that. So, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow. It's been challenging. My grandfather on my mother's side was like that. And he was, you know, horrible. I mean, I think a real demon, real demon. I mean, 
whenever I felt into him and was like, we're taking care of him. He's in this kind of world where he's like, you know, and um, I think that's something we could talk about is also cutting the cords, energetic cords. It's kind of like we have these roots of a tree and we sometimes you have to cut off the branches of one in order to preserve the other 10. Right. And I think there's something really powerful too about cutting cords to those people in the family tree, not out of hatred, Mm -hmm. but out of compassion. This is to preserve, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we do have to do that work of cord cutting. I know I've had to do that a lot with different people in the, in the family tree and they could do it with a sense of forgiveness. Um, But they do, there are people that, you know, they do want to hurt them because they're confusion. Um, you know, and I guess that's just our old karma when someone takes yeah. birth in our family that destroys their children, right? Or yeah, exactly. destroys their the what the the their own wife, the mother of their children. That you know, we do have that, and it's important to work with that. Ayana Van Zandt always calls it the family mm-hmm. curse. You know, lineage mm-hmm. of this person, and then they it's like they plant a bad seed, right? And that seed flourishes for. It goes out for the next yeah. five generations. Yeah. Is that powerful? Yeah. So what do we? Yeah. What do you recommend if someone is coming and they're saying, "Oh my God, there's this ancestor who's you know wrathful and yeah. and has crossed over and is causing me a lot of suffering and fear and terror mm-hmm. and pain." It's almost like a kind of exorcism we need to perform, or a kind of right. shamanic process, really. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it always depends on our level of capacity and ability here, you know. Um, but I tell people just initially, it's like you have to create those energetic blocks. Yes. And you have to say no. You have like, to stand no, up. Mm-hmm. You have to stand up, you know. And a lot of like, we don't really take that as seriously as we need to, you know. Like, yeah. You know, particularly people who are like experiencing a lot of haunting and like they feel like they have attachments and so forth and in their spaces like at some point you have to say no like that's like you have to just stand up and say no and then call on you know this gets into more advanced magic but like you call on the energies around you the energies of the elements of the earth the energies of deities and also the energies of allied and benevolent ancestors who can also like support you and creating those boundaries. Like you call, you just draw in all this energy and say, no. Yeah. You know, and you might have it. to get fierce. Yeah. You yeah, might you have get to get fierce. real fierce with it. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, and that's, that's one way, but another way, if you have the capacity, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I have the capacity to hold those kinds of energies, you know? So like, you, you're not going to touch me, but I don't feel the need to banish you. <laughs> anywhere I want to work with you like I have the capacity to work with I want to know I want to do simple communications like what's wrong like what how can I help yeah you know and I've done that you know in my mediumship work I've done that for several beings who are just like they're stuck somewhere and that's and it's created some type of like negative impacts and how they show up in the spirit world you know and so like I've asked them okay where where did the trauma begin? Yeah. Like, what was that moment? You know, and I've been able to go back to that moment and, and, and help them clear that energy. And that changes. 
Absolutely. You know them completely, but that's advanced. Like, like that's yeah, that's why like, I said, yeah, that's yeah, that's real alchemy. You know, you, know, you gotta, you, know? you gotta, you know your stuff to engage yeah. without getting. You know, you have so much protection. You know, engage yeah. without getting cut. You know, yeah. and have the power yeah. to hold the line and and you know ask them yeah. these questions and help yeah. really provide yeah. help. Yeah, and it's the capacity to see the hurt instead of like mm-hmm. the violence that they're doing. It's like, that's the first question. Okay, what, like, where's, you know, what's wrong? Like how, what's the hurt? Where's the trauma? Like, because you're not just doing this because you want to do it. You're not just this full out demon, you know, who like, who's just about harming. Like you're, you're a conscious being like me who trauma or where trauma has actually consumed you know, a lot of your consciousness, right? The pain, the loss, the anger, you just feel consumed by it and you're just reacting to it, creating all this havoc, you know? So let's get to the root. Let's get to the root of it. Let's get to the root of it. You know, it may take a while. And I've, you know, again, worked with several, you know, spirits like that where it just, it takes time to really kind of work through it. But that's driven by compassion and love and saying, you know what, like, I have the capacity to do this. I'm going to do this for you, right? You know, um, but if you don't have that capacity, then you have to create those barriers. Right, until you figure, yeah, Yeah. until you're ready to do that deep work. Absolutely. You know, I love that we're talking about that because I think this is a hidden aspect of our reality where we are having these terrifying encounters or we do feel afraid. People don't know what to talk about, who to go to. They think they're crazy. They're, they're sensitive. These are people who are deeply intuitive. Um, and as you know, in the Buddhist world, yeah. and we were ta- laughing about how all of our teachers are like, watch out for these demonic spirits. And then they're doing warding off. So, so everybody know this is deep in Christianity, the devil will cast off the devil today. He's out for it. You know, we have this around this uh, archetype, you know, of yeah. whether it's ancestors or spirits that, you know, we did something to and, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, or they're, they're pissed. Um, yeah. Well, I tell people too, that like horror movies were my first teaching in Dharma. Well, let me clarify that. You know, <laughs> really? When I started, well, when I started, well, my whole life, I've been fascinated with paranormal psychology, right? And yeah, and yeah, shows and you know all that unsolved <laughs> mysteries. When I was growing up, oh my god, like I would watch it, so excited, and then I would be terrified. And I was excited because I felt like it was answering all these questions that I had, and I would be terrified mm-hmm. because I was like, how do I protect myself now? Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> like, I know too much, right? You know, but, like, when I first started studying Dharma and and then started engaging, can well, continue to engage with horror movies, like, this is, it just opened up this whole world of teaching. And I was like, oh, like, all of this is happening. Like, all of this is possible. <laughs> so I joke around and say, oh, horror movies are just, like, documentaries for oh, me. Wow, you know? I cannot watch it. I get so, I, I don't know, my body thinks it's real. I love, yeah, I love, I mean. <laughs> like I love Halloween and those? Halloween, and I just watched the first, the the recent reboot of, like, Hellraiser. Really? Which I used to watch. I oh, yeah. That was so funny. I used to watch that growing up. And like I just watch those movies and say, oh, this is where this is where the shit went off the tracks. You know, <laughs> like you can go back and say, well, if you 
if you would have just like grieved this thing happening, it wouldn't have turned into this whole. You wouldn't have like, become a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you, yeah <laughs> like you wouldn't have died and became a demon if you right. would have just like gone through the process of healing and reconciliation mm-hmm. because when we transition, and this is what ancestors teach us, right? Like when we right. transition from the material world to the spirit world, whatever strong emotional you know, thing, energy that we're experiencing will actually direct and determine how we're reborn in the spirit world. Like, so if you're pissed off and angry and wanting to kick someone's ass, you will come back as some type of demonic energy. Absolutely. If you can hold those thoughts too, even a vibration, like continuously of wanting to harm. Yeah. Um, That's why we want to die, like with like, peaceful thoughts and letting go and resting and opening, you know, because we want, we don't want to be born in this contracting experience where we're consumed by vengeance and hate, you know, and those are the energies that we have to deal with often. It's like, you just, you didn't die well. And now you're trapped in this anger and this rage, which again, it's just hurt. Like you're just so deeply wounded Right. And so some of us have been called to be the healers for these beings who are trapped in this really strong energy that, you know, of course, shapes them as demons and and monsters and all the stuff that people deal with and, you know, that we watch movies about, you know. So I'm not afraid. You You know, I talk about all this stuff, you know, but I'm not afraid anymore because I understand what it really is. I understand that I have power. And agency, which is, again, that's my situation. And what we understand from the work is that, like, not everyone has this kind of, like, protection. No, that's so true. And you are pretty fearless with these big spirits. Like, you know, I I admire you for that, that you're willing to do the work of negotiating Mm -hmm. with demons to, it's like a therapist, you know, like, come Mm -hmm. on, let's, let's stop. (laughs) Let's stop, you know, harming Let's look at your pain, you know, and this is like the work that we do, right? A spiritual, um, I guess the work would be bigger than like a teacher, Mm -hmm. but it's like healers, like healing energy. These are energies and we're meeting our energy. Well, I got to rethink about my grandfather then because I've always been so happy. I'm a little afraid to open to that because what he did to my mother and the amount of abuse, it's like a kind of still a closed door. And you're giving me um, some inspiration to maybe to try mm-hmm. at the level I am now right. with the heart that I have now mm-hmm. and the protection that I have now that maybe I can open this door and, and try to sort some things out. I want to mm-hmm. tell you this story too, um, as we get to the more of the ending of our podcast on this mm-hmm. topic, but I want to tell you this story about, and I think it'll, it's relevant, but it's a story about my grandmother because I'm doing this work on behalf of my ancestors right now, especially her. My grandfather, my grandmother's name is Arlene, and she died um, before I was born when my mother was 16. She killed herself, and that created a huge trauma in my mother, obviously. Um, and it affected the rest of her life because, you know, it's one of those moments where your mom says, Good night, darling. Good night, mom. You wake up, the police, is this your mom outside in the car? She's dead. And it just, it was just like a trauma in my mother's system that was passed on. I felt so deeply. 
Um, but Arlen has always come to me in ceremonies and mm. been begging for forgiveness. So what happened was my mother and my aunt buried their mother in Los Angeles. Mm. And out of anger, they mm. did not put a tombstone. They said, wow. you don't even deserve to be acknowledged because you wow. died. Arlen is not happy about this because she said, I tried. I had problems. I tried. I love my daughters. I did everything to protect them. I tried, but I, her time, she needed to do that. That was the end of her soul contract. So Arlen has been coming so much to me in the last year. And so I told my mother and my aunt, we need to go back. We need to find that tombstone and we need to put her name on it and we need to say you are forgiven and so this has initiated a huge forgiveness process in my mother and my aunt right now because within the next couple of months we're getting a a stone carver set up they're finding the the plot you can't leave your mother in an unmarked Mm. site because of rage doesn't work in the ancestor world so So I feel like it's created a lot of havoc in my Mm. energy and actually Mm -hmm. my mother's too this, yeah. this rage against the mother. Yeah. So I'm doing that work. And I, I wanted to share that with you because I love Arlen, even though yeah. I never have met her, but I, the energy is someone deeply saddened by what happened and who loves her children and loves me. Mm-hmm. So I said, Arlen, we will, we will do this. And then Arlen said, I will be at peace with this and I can yeah. move on once I, yeah. I existed. Mm-hmm. I lived and I had two daughters and I tried that needs to be acknowledged so I can go on. So also we do this so they can be freed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that story of what's happening real time with me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, you know, and that's, that's work that we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like part of what we agree to when we do ancestral work is that we start collaborating. And so there are things our ancestors are doing for us, and there are things that we agree to do on behalf of our ancestors. And sometimes they're very worldly, worldly things. It's like, I didn't get a chance to do something. Will you please do it? Right. You know, like my, my uh, you know, great-grandmother, Joy, who's one of the, the heads of my ancestral lineage, very powerful, you know, she was like, I left all of my glassware to your mother. I need her to clean it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were telling me about this. One. <laughs> you know, it was. So practical. Was, you know, and I was like, you know, of course, my mother may, it will definitely hear this podcast. Um, and so instead <laughs> of like telling her, I just went home and cleaned it. And yeah. my mom was like, why are you cleaning, you know, your great grandmother's glassware? And I was like, oh, I just felt like cleaning it. <laughs> But my great grandma, she just beamed right in and was like, I mm-hmm. I really want this done. You need you need to tell your mama to do this. You know, mm-hmm. like I like that glassware. She needs to take care of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but yeah, you know, so those are the things that we agree to. You know, I, I definitely there are things that like I have said no to. There are things where I've been like, nope, you know, like I can't do that. You know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. To set that, you know, but, you know, just like a last thing, you know, then, you know, this is definitely echoing, you know, your sharing spring where it's like there are ancestors who need to be at peace and they can't be at peace until some 
really significant thing happens, right? You know, and for, and I just want to say this, I know like this, this seems to be very common, but I think people are living on lands are in homes that where there's a lot of activity, there's a lot of like spirit energy, a lot of chaos, a lot of like earthbound beings who are really stuck here. And one of the things that we do, we figure out these kind of spiritual ceremonies that help them move or release, you know, from from the world. Because they seem like they can't go on. They become almost like ghosts. Like my grandmother, Arlene, is frantic. Like I have to have this resolve before I can actually move forward. It's like the life wasn't wrapped up if there's secrets or there's Mm -hmm. something stuck in the line that prevents them. They're, They're consumed with reconciling it, but they're in the spirit world. So they can't, you know? Yeah, exactly. So we have to kind of agree I guess that's the collaboration part, right? Is we're agreeing to help Absolutely. them finalize. I, like, I'm really determined to help our Lynn. I'm like, I, and we're moving forward with getting the new tombstone. Yeah. That's something I can do for her that I want to do for her. And it's so important. You know, it's so important that we figure that out. Um, you know, and again, it's just like, it's, I know people listening to this and they go, I, I'm not a medium. I don't do plant medicine. I don't get this. But, like, just open. When yeah. I say open, just, like, try to listen. Try to feel something. Put the question out there. What do you need? Like, what can I do? Like, literally, just say that out loud in a space. What What do I need to do? And then just listen and feel for, for things. You know, like, what are you feeling what do you, do you hear something, you know, and just go mm-hmm. with that, you know, there, there are just these subtle intuitions that we get and pay attention to that. You may just get this weird, subtle thing to do something. And that's a big sign, you know, and that's how I kind of roll through working with ceremonies like that. It's like, I just, I just pay attention to the intuitions, the subtleness of, of the messages that I'm getting, you know, and I just do it. You know, and I don't sometimes know why or what the outcome will be. I just do it, you know, and you won't always know. Like you you won't always know why you're doing something, why you're offering something or why you're having an urge to smoke a cigarette or <laughs> to mm-hmm. eat a certain food. But this is aligned with something, you know, your ancestors or the spirits around you need you to do um, that can help them suffer less. So, and then when they suffer less, we suffer yeah, less. I mean, exactly. that's the thing. I feel like with I, when I complete this act, Arlen can then this frantic energy of sorrow and grief. And it's like cleared out of the whole system, right? Now my mother's having to do forgiveness work that she thought was yeah. done, you know? Yeah. And it's like all this stuck energy seems like mm-hmm. it moves. So that's the liberation part, right? It was like the more we clear the, the lines, Right, the and to create just seeds of wisdom and compassion, the better I feel. The more I feel like, okay, I've done my responsibility, and then the more I'm at peace. It's like Arlen's brand taking the spirit world, being like, I can't move on. It creates a disharmony within my spirit somehow. A bit, you know, I can control it, but there's a peace that's not done, and I feel it. And as we know, when things aren't fully resolved, we feel that we carry some kind of tangle. 
And I think that why this is a conversation on liberation is that we want to move through these tangles. These are energy body tangles that have real impacts on the physical form and in this world, right? It's a it's interconnected, everybody. You know, these energies are impacting us daily, whether we're aware or we're not, or we can hear or we don't hear or we don't remember or we do remember. Um, or if you believe or not. Yeah, it's happening regardless. <laughs> you might not believe in the weather, but it's raining. You know, it's like, exactly. Right. Like, it's happening regardless. You know, you just make up a different story about it. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's part of what I call returning back to this experience of indigeneity. Mm. Like getting to the root of our experience, which is complex and expansive, you know, um, like returning back to that so we have the sensitivity of how to look to live in collaboration with, you know, the multiplicity, you know, or the ways in which our reality is showing up in multiple ways in this incredible multiplicity. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming, right? It feels overwhelming because we've lost connection to the rituals and the ceremonies mm-hmm. that kept us in tune to this multiplicity and complexity. But slowly we start moving back and there's a balance that starts to happen. And the balance will actually yield really positive, beneficial things in your life. Like think, my life is so much richer and, and, and I have access to so many more resources because I've been really engaging in returning back to this practice mm. of indigeneity. Mm-hmm. You know, I suffer less, you know, I'm sick less, you know, I I feel more satisfied, I feel more connected, I don't feel so isolated, you know, anymore. But most importantly, I just feel like there are beings who 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 have my back. Like yes. I, can, I I move through the world and through spaces knowing that I am being deeply held. I, you know, beings who love me, who I'm working for, and they're working for me. We're working together. Right? Yeah, it's like the Maya poem. You definitely come as one, but you stand with 10,000, yeah. right? Yeah. You have this um, openness and this relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Our lives have become more rich and more de- yeah. deep, too, profound yeah. and, and connected and more also... Um, at peace with who we are in our black bodies and our skin and in our, in our histories, right? There's something about doing this work. We just, we're okay with the histories, you know, we can accept it and we move in a more powerful way. And that is liberating, right? That, that has aspects of real genuine liberation. Um, I love it. I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's fun. I really like it. You know, this, this, <laughs> and we want to normalize these conversations. Yes, yes. Know. And for people tuning in that are experiencing all kind of things, yes, this is real for you. We we understand. You know, this for all of you that are working on these yeah. levels. I don't tell anybody. Yeah. We're here for it. You know, yeah. and this is real, and you're not going crazy, and you know, yeah. you're you're tapping into something that is um, the vastness of who we are and these. You know, we are interdimensional beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we are spirit. Exactly. You know, we are spirit and we're having this incarnation and we, 
we have friends from previous existences and loved ones and lineages. And yeah, it feels really good um, to honor them too. And I, you're reminding me to get my ancestor shrine out. It's in the storage unit as I was just moving in temporary places in Oakland, but like yeah and i love mm. as you know i love doing mm. offerings you know yeah. it just feels mm-hmm. you know right yeah feels right exactly feels right in my heart well okay llama rod i have loved this conversation and as we come to an end i just give thanks to you and all your wisdom and i love hearing your stories mm. and um, i'll keep you updated on the arlen tombstone process yeah, and yeah. to see how I feel. I'll share later how I feel when it's done and I do my prayers and for all of us who are doing things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do it with love and compassion. Absolutely. Yes. I give thanks to this conversation. Thanks to you. And that's another episode of the spirit underground. Yep. Thank you all for joining us. Yes. Thank you all. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.